Hey, good morning. Aaron's actually quite jealous. The last time we got to open back up, it was my turn to preach too. He's like, unbelievable. Um, so he, he misses it so much. Um, but it's, it's just, it's how, it, it's how the schedule landed. I'm sorry. But it is really good to be with you guys in person. Um, I think we're on like month 11 of this pandemic. And I know we're all ready to move forward. Um, I think, we're, you know, we are certainly ready. We're hoping that, you know, we'll just be moving forward. And hopefully this will, will be open for good now. Um, that is our hope. That is our prayer. Uh, we're definitely moving forward in our study of John. So if you want to um, look up John 14, that's where we'll be this morning. Um, before we dive into John 14, I thought I would take a second and just vent to you for a little bit. I'll take advantage of the fact that my dad is not here in the room, um, though he is hearing this online today. So we'll see if I get in trouble. Um, but my dad, he's incredible. He's absolutely, I love my dad. Um, but he is the worst person in the world to shop for right? And I still have like PTSD from like Christmas. Like, so he's the worst person in the world to shop for. And I know a lot of you have people like this in your life, right? You just don't know what to get them and all this kind of stuff. But my dad takes it to the next level, okay? Because chances are that whatever you get him, he will literally just hand it right back to you. And uh, that's what he did last Christmas. Um, we got him like a shirt, a lovely shirt. And uh, before he left Christmas Day, he just like left it on the table and was like, you have the receipt for that, right? And I was like, unbelievable, right? He'll just, there's no tact. Um, and so uh, this year I got smart and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get him something that I know that if he doesn't want it, I know that my kids actually will right? And so sure enough, two weeks later, he doesn't want it. My kids do. So it's still a win. No, he's just not a good gift receiver, right? And sometimes you just receive the gift, even if you don't like it or don't know what to do with it. You're just like, ah, no, not him, right? He is just not a good gift receiver. And you might be thinking that maybe I'm just not a good gift giver, and I don't know, maybe that's true. I don't think it's a gift of mine. Um, gift, you know, gifts are not in my love language or whatever, but I try, I try really hard. Maybe that's the case, but I definitely know someone who is always a good gift giver and that is the Lord, right? God himself is the best giver of gifts. In Matthew 7, nine through 11, it says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And then James 1.17 in the NIV, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. You guys, God is the absolute best gift giver. Every good and perfect gift is straight from him. And one of those good and perfect gifts that he wants to give all of you, he wants to give every one of his children is the gift of the Holy Spirit. But some of us aren't exactly the best gift receivers when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But why is that? Well, I think it's because we're not always quite sure what to do with it right? You know how you unwrap a gift and you don't really know about it or you're unsure and you're like, cool, what is it? You know, like you try to like, smile. I think we're like that with the Holy Spirit because we don't always know like how it works or how it fits into our lives. We're not really willing to like read the instructions or learn more about it. And we definitely don't like the idea that we can't always control it. You know, we're like total control freaks, right? And so we just don't really know. And sometimes we can have this attitude like, thanks, but you know, no thanks, I'm good. You know, we can have that kind of attitude or this mindset like, you know, do you have the receipt for that? Or, you know, I'm good, you know, you take it, we're, we're good. 
And the problem is that we just don't realize what an incredible gift the Holy Spirit is to us. And that's how the disciples were at first too. And so our text today is John 14, uh, starting in verse 15, but we're actually going to go back to verse 12 here because um, Jesus just finished telling these disciples like the craziest stuff, stuff that completely shocked them and terrified them. I mean, they must have been like deer in the headlights after Jesus just told him this in verse 12. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So Jesus just told them two of the craziest things they'd ever heard. One, that he was going to leave them physically, that he was going back to the Father. And then two, that they were now going to do even greater works than he did. I mean, what in the world? Talk about having your mind blown I mean, this whole idea of Jesus leaving them was not something they were ready to accept. I mean, they couldn't even comprehend what it would be like if Jesus left them. I mean, he was their teacher, their rabbi, their Lord. They were his disciples. They had left everything to follow him. So if he left, what would they do? I mean, this was terrifying to them. And then to drop that bomb on them and then say that they would now be expected to do even greater works than he did without his help. I mean, they must've thought there is no way. I mean, the disciples must've been like, Jesus, no. Like you can't leave us. You can't leave us here alone. We can't do this without you. But then Jesus turned to them and he said, don't worry. He said, the force will be with you. No. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's not what he said. Okay. But I say that because I think a lot of people do mistake the Holy Spirit for being very much like the force that is displayed in the Star Wars movies. All right. And here's the thing. I love the Star Wars movies. I think there's actually a lot of similarities. You could probably geek out on that all day. I could do it with you, but let's not get our theology of the Holy Spirit from the Star Wars movies, right? Let's learn about who the Holy Spirit is from Jesus himself, who spends the next three chapters teaching us about the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about it too the next several weeks, okay? So again, we're beginning in John 14, 15. So Jesus says this to his followers right after he drops these bombs, right? He says, guys, if you love me, keep my commandments. So this is important because Jesus is reminding them that true love is not demonstrated in words, but in action. Like loving him is not about like emotion and sentiment. It's about obedience. And so he's saying, listen, if you love me, if you are mine, then you will continue to obey me. You will continue to follow me and do all that I've taught you to do in this world. And so Jesus is making it very clear that when he leaves, he is expecting them to stay strong and carry on. And again, this is like a huge shock to them because this is something they never thought they would do without Jesus right there by their side. But then in verse 16, he says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Now, this is a really important verse in the Bible. And so we're gonna like dissect it and read it again. He says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So this is one of the verses in the Bible that most clearly demonstrates how the Trinity works together, which is just really cool. Here we see that God the Son prays to God the Father that he might send God the Holy Spirit to his followers. That's just a cool insight into the Trinity. 
And then he uses this word another, that he will send another. Okay, this comes from the ancient Greek word allen, which means another of the same kind. So this means that God is going to send a separate but similar person to Jesus. So again, we learn even more about the Trinity. We learn even more about the Holy Spirit, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are separate, but they're very similar. And then he uses the word advocate. Now, this word advocate can be translated in many ways, and we're going to talk about that more later. But um, one of the ways uh, is, uh, is the word advocate, which means called by our side. Another is helper. So essentially, the Holy Spirit is sent to constantly be by our side and help us live out the Christian life and do the greater works that Jesus was talking about. Okay, so we can just pause here and recognize that at least the disciples got one thing right, okay? At least they got one thing right. They knew that there was no way that they could do what Jesus was talking about on their own. And they were right about that. But Jesus was never asking them to do it alone. He knew that the Holy Spirit would come and help and empower them to do all that he was asking them to do. Okay, then he says, the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. Now, this is big. This is big. He will never leave you. All right, here's the thing. Jesus could not actually always be with them in the physical sense. I mean, for one thing, he was about to die on the cross and he was gonna be buried and raised from the dead and go back to the Father. And so he's preparing them for that reality. But also, the whole time he was here on earth, he was fully man and fully God. And so his fully manness gave him a lot of limitations while he was here. And one of those limitations is the fact that he couldn't actually always be physically present with each of the disciples at all times. I mean, they often went their separate ways to serve people and pray for people. We read about how they ate meals separately at times, about how Jesus, you know, sent them off in boats, how they went off two by two to do ministry. I'm sure there were days that people just had to run errands. You know, like Jesus physically was never with them all of the time, but he's teaching them now. He's like, the Holy Spirit will be with you all of the time, literally 100% of the time. And he's like, that's way more than I've been able to be with you. And then Jesus says something even more profound in verse 17. He says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. That's big and we'll get back to that. He said, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so Jesus is telling them that the Holy Spirit will lead believers into all truth, will always be by their side and will one day even dwell within them. And so Jesus is like, guys, like, don't you get it? Like, this is so much better. Like, now, if you have a question or something, like, you don't have to, like, look for me or find me or wait in line to talk to me. Now, you can just ask the Holy Spirit, who is literally right beside you at all times and who one day will even dwell within you. It's kind of like the fact that we now have, like, Google in our pockets, you know, like we don't have to go all the way down to the library and find an encyclopedia to get our information, right? We can just look it up because like we always have the internet at our disposal. And he's saying, listen, this is so much better. The Holy Spirit will be with you literally 24-7, giving you all the answers, all the direction, all the power that you need. He's like, I'm telling you, you're going to love this. This is a gift you are not going to want to return. And so now, hopefully, he, at this point, he has the disciples, like, thinking a little bit. 
you know, hopefully he has us thinking a little bit like, okay, let's say this does happen. Let's say you do go back to the Father and the Holy Spirit comes. Like, what does it do exactly? How does it work? Well, first of all, this is a little bit of an introduction, but the Holy Spirit is not an it. And I know that like, if you've been in church a long time, you've heard this a million times, but people still refer to the Holy Spirit as it. I did it on purpose in the beginning of this message because that's, people are just comfortable saying it, but the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he, not in like a male, female sense, but in the fact that he is a personal being. He is not a force. He is not the energy, you know, he is part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is a personal being, just like Jesus, who interacts with us on a personal basis. He talks to us. He hears us. The Holy Spirit is personal. Secondly, to understand more about who he is and what he does, we need to get a little bit nerdy here and study the Greek word that Jesus used to describe him. And that word is paraclete, all right? The word paraclete has so many different translations because there's not a single word in the English language that covers the entirety or the fullness of this word. And so the word's been translated like advocate, like it is in my NLT translation, but also words like comforter. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our helper, And when I think about those words, I think that is incredible because I constantly need comfort and counsel and help. But a lot of people just stop there. And then you just think of the Holy Spirit as someone who just like pets your head to comfort you, you know, saying they're there, you know, just get you through your day, who, you know, give you good advice if you happen to ask. Like the Holy Spirit's just really passive, passive, you know, force in our lives or something. But guys, the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. And that's why it's good that we look at the verb form of the word paraclete as well, which also has a variety of meanings that teach us even more about the Holy Spirit. And when you look at that, we realize that the Holy Spirit does all of these things. The Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit empowers. He encourages. He appeals to us. He urges us. He speaks to us. He convicts us. Guys, that is not a like pet your head saying they're there kind of work. You know, that shows us that the Holy Spirit means business. Like he, he moves us and he pushes us and he drives us and he challenges us. He changes us. And so as Jesus is talking to his disciples, hopefully they're starting to put it together like, hey, Jesus, that's all the stuff that you do. And he's like, exactly, exactly. And then he says, wait, there's more. And in verse 26, he says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will not only do all of that, but he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. And so just as the disciples are freaking out, thinking they're about to lose their their rabbi, their teacher, Jesus is telling them, no, 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 the Holy Spirit will continue to be your teacher. And because of the Holy Spirit, you will never be without a rabbi. That because of him, uh, that they will constantly have someone to comfort and counsel and teach them, as well as push them and challenge them and lead them. And so Jesus is teaching them that the Holy Spirit will be both their anchor and their wind. And that's the theme of this sermon series for the next few weeks, that the Holy Spirit is our anchor and our wind. Now, throughout the Bible, there are a lot of word pictures and examples and illustrations that help us learn more and more about who the Holy Spirit is so that you and I can learn more and more how to rely on Him in our lives. And so today, we're going to really dive into these two word pictures. We're going to do it really quick today as like an introduction. But we're going to look into how the Holy Spirit is an anchor in our lives 
and the wind in our lives, both of which we desperately need. So how is the Holy Spirit like an anchor? Well, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us of everything he said. And so the Holy Spirit literally like tethers us to the teachings of Christ and anchors us in Christ. Do you see how the Holy Spirit does that? He's like, I will continue to teach you and I will remind you of everything Jesus said. So he tethers us and he anchors us. Guys, this is so important. It's absolutely necessary because just like ships tend to drift off to sea, you and I have a tendency to drift away from the teachings of Christ. We just do. I mean, think about it for a second. Um, Think about a boat, okay? If if you think about a boat, uh, if you leave a boat in the middle of the water, it will always drift. It will always drift. Now, a lot of times it will drift for obvious reasons, right? Like there's elements, like there's wind or there's waves or there's a storm. But sometimes, like if you're like a first person out there and you don't know any better and you're like, oh, it's just a clear, calm day and everything's fine and we don't need an anchor, guess what? The boat will drift out to sea because even when everything appears to be perfectly calm, you know, above the surface, there is always, always like an undercurrent underneath the surface that is causing the boat to drift as well. There is always, always something causing the boat to drift. That's why they have to be anchored or they will drift. Guys, that is true of us as well. That is true of us. We are inclined to drift. Sometimes we drift away from Christ and his teachings because of really obvious things that happen, you know, hard things that we come by, the storms of life that come our way. But sometimes, sometimes we just drift because there's this constant undercurrent of sin or temptation or just worldly teaching that is always trying to move us off course. And so no matter what the reason is, we need the Holy Spirit to tether us to the teachings of Christ, to anchor us in Christ. Guys, this is why Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. The world is constantly trying to get us away from truth, but the Holy Spirit anchors us in the truth. And so the Holy Spirit keeps our minds and our souls and our hearts from wandering off, from drifting away. And he like steadies us like an anchor. He grounds us, he tethers us to the truth and anchors us in Christ. That's why he is the anchor that we need every day, right? However, This doesn't mean uh, that he just anchors us to one safe, comfortable place in the world. Now, this is important. Like, he doesn't just anchor us to be like in our comfort zone and like you're just gonna stay there and you're not gonna move. No, he anchors us in Christ who always happens to be on the move, right? And so as his followers, we are called to be anchored in him and tethered to him and therefore always be on the move with him. Jesus is constantly partnering with the Holy Spirit to call us to go and and move and get out of our comfort zones and conquer our fears and courageously live a life that will bear fruit and spread the gospel in this world. And so the Holy Spirit, he's not only like the anchor that steadies us, but he is also the wind that moves us, the wind that empowers us. He is constantly pushing us, challenging us, changing us. He's encouraging us to go and do things we never thought we could do. All we have to do is put up our sails. All we have to do is follow his lead and he will do great things in us and through us. And again, not just great things, but remember what he said earlier that we would do things even greater than he did. What in the world does that even mean? I mean, that sounds impossible that we would do things even greater than he did. 
I've studied this passage a lot and I wanted to know like, what did, what did he mean by that, right? I'm not Jesus. Like, how can I do even greater works than he did? Well, here's the thing. I think he meant exactly what he said. I think he meant that they and we, that all of his followers would do even greater works than he did. Maybe not necessarily like in the more like sensational sense, but definitely greater in magnitude. You see, he knew that his followers were going to continue to spread the gospel throughout all the world and that his followers were going to continue to grow the church and grow it and grow it and grow it long past the day that he returned to the Father. And he knew that the Holy Spirit was going to equip us and empower us to do all that we need to do. So, okay, one example is this, I just love this example, but it's, you know, in a sea of seriously like endless examples, okay? But one really cool example is when Peter preached his first sermon in the Bible, like Jesus had already gone back to be with the Father, Peter preaches his first sermon. Records show that there were more people converted on that one day than there were throughout Jesus' entire ministry. That is incredible. And that's not something that Peter just did on his own. That's what happens when we are courageously obedient and when we are moved and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus. Guys, when Jesus said that we would do greater works, he meant it. He meant that we would do even greater works because of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. But again, this sounded like crazy to the disciples at the time because they didn't know the Holy Spirit yet. All they knew was that they couldn't do this on their own. And guys, that's all I know, right? All I know is when I read this, I know I can't do this on my own. But that's why Jesus is teaching them and he's teaching us. He's like, listen, I'm not leaving you alone. In fact, you will never be alone. You will never be on your own. I'm giving you the gift of the Holy Spirit who will always be with you, who will always teach you and guide you and help you live the life I've called you to live. You just need to learn to rely on him just like you've learned to rely on me. And you will have everything you need. Guys, Jesus could not be making it more clear to us that we were never meant to walk out our faith alone. We were never meant to do it alone. We can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. We were given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the anchor that tethers us and teaches us, the wind that moves us and empowers us. Isn't that exactly what we need? Especially right now, I'm just finding like, we're tired, we're weary, we're exhausted, we don't know what to believe anymore. (laughs) And it's like, this is exactly what we need. We need the Holy Spirit to tether us and anchor us in truth. And we need him to empower us and move us when we feel so deflated. I mean, what a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not something that we should all just want. He is something that we all need. I mean, talk about must-have gifts. Like, I know it's so cheesy, right? But the Holy Spirit is a must-have gift in our lives. Guys, I see so many people try to walk out their faith alone without yet learning how to rely on the Holy Spirit or, or who just forget to rely on the Holy Spirit, which is what I know I do sometimes, right? Like you can start doing something over and over again. You're like, yeah, I got it. I'm good. Do you have the receipt for that? Like, I'm, I got this. It's like, no, we need to constantly rely on the Holy Spirit because when we don't, when we don't, the result is always, always the same. We find ourselves floating adrift out in the middle of nowhere, lost, unempowered, unfruitful, unconnected, drifting off course, believing the lies of the world, having a life that doesn't feel like it has any purpose. Guys, if that's you today, like if that's you today, then I just wanna encourage you to pray 
And I want to encourage you to ask God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you know, like once again or for the very first time even, to come and be Lord of your life. As David comes up, and uh, we're just going to have some music and some time of Selah this morning, I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you to embrace the Holy Spirit, to receive the Holy Spirit, to confess, to confess that you have been trying to do this on your own, but that you no longer want to live this Christian life alone, that you no longer want to live a single day without the help and the, and the counsel and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, without the anchor and the wind that we so desperately need. And so we're just gonna take time right now to pause and seek the Holy Spirit together. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.